Welcome to ABC, Abergavenny Baptist Church, building faith and friendship. Mark chapter 10 and verses 46 to 52 is the story of Jesus healing blind Bartimaeus. And we read in verse 46, Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and the disciples together with a large crowd were leaving that city, a blind man Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. It's holiday season and everyone is making their way down to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, the greatest Jewish festival where they remember the Exodus, how God rescued them from being slaves in Egypt many, many years ago. And so everyone is traveling to Jerusalem. Think, bank holiday weekend, beginning of half term, late Friday afternoon, you're on the motorway, and so is everyone else. And it's a complete standstill. Everyone's on the road making their way down to Jerusalem. And Jesus and his disciples and a crowd of hanger-oners are coming from up in Galilee and they're making their way down to Jerusalem and Jericho is the last stop before they hit Jerusalem. So they are now on their last stretch to Jerusalem. And we read in verse 46 that a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the road begging. I can't imagine what it must be like to be blind. I mean, just try and imagine that for a moment. Let's all close our eyes for a second. Okay, my eyes are shut, so I'm trusting your eyes are shut. Imagine waking up tomorrow morning, and this is all you can see. Nothing but darkness. I would be completely disoriented. My whole life would have changed. Okay, open your eyes. Uh, that, That would have been terrifying. And to make matters even worse, back in those days, of course, there was no welfare. That means Bartimaeus was unemployed. He was destitute. He was poor. He he's unable to support himself except for begging. And he's probably got long, scruffy hair and unkept beard. His coat is probably threadbare. He's dirty. He smells. And to make matters even worse, because he's blind, he is excluded from going to the temple to celebrate the Passover. He can't go with everyone else to Jerusalem and celebrate the Passover. This is a hopeless situation, and one which he must have thought he was going to be in for the rest of his life. And then that day, everything changed. It was probably a friend or maybe a relative that helped him to get to the side of the street to beg. And he wouldn't have been the only beggar there. The street would have been lined with beggars. Because this was a strategic spot for beggars. You've got a whole bunch of spiritual people going to the temple to meet with God. This was the perfect place and time to ask them for some money. So he's not the only beggar there. The streets lined up with beggars. They all, they're beggars everywhere. But something makes Jesus take notice of this particular beggar. 
And we read in verse 47, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Soon as he realizes and hears that it's Jesus who's going by, he starts shouting out, have mercy on me. Have compassion for me. But it's not this that that catches Jesus' attention because all, all the beggars are shouting this. What catches Jesus' attention is the title he uses, Son of David. Now, isn't Jesus the son of Joseph and Mary? So why does this blind beggar call him the son of David? Well, David was, in fact, Jesus' great-great-great-great-grandfather. But more than that, David was the greatest king of Israel. And there were many prophecies that said that a descendant of David, a son of David, would come and put the world to right, would fix this broken world. And so therefore, the the title, Son of David, refers to the Savior of the world, the Messiah. Now, I think we would all agree that there are problems in the world. Yes? Okay, the world has problems. And the root cause of all the world's problems, according to Jesus, is our heart. Our sinful hearts. Our selfishness. Our self-centeredness. Our greed. The evil in our hearts. This is the root of the problem. And so Jesus has come to set us free, to rescue us from our own sinfulness and our brokenness. He's come so that we can experience forgiveness and wholeness and eternal life. He's come so that we can be ransomed, healed, forgiven, restored. And this blind beggar is able to perceive Jesus' true identity. He's able to perceive who Jesus really is. Now that's quite something because... Not many other people had. Even Jesus' own disciples were struggling to to realize who Jesus really was and why He had come. They were saying, Jesus, the last thing you want to do is go to Jerusalem and say you are the son of David. They will kill you. You see, the Romans are ruling, and if you come in there and you say you're the son of David, you're a king like David, they're going to kill you. Because that's what they do to want to be kings. And Jesus is kind of saying, we say, well, you know, that, that's kind of why I've come. I've come to die for you. And they're going, no, no, no. Not many people had perceived who Jesus really was or why he had come. But this beggar, this blind beggar, acts in faith and calls out, Jesus. Son of David. We then read in verse 48, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. They probably said, quiet and down, be quiet. Stop bothering us. Can't you see Jesus is is busy? Stop being such a nuisance. You beggars, you, you always want more and more. Enough is enough. Others were probably quite concerned about his use of the politically charged title, Son of David. I mean, what are the authorities over here? They're probably going, shh, 
Shh, don't, don't say that. You'll get Jesus in trouble. You'll get all of us into trouble. Shh. So what does the guy do? We read, But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 49, Jesus stopped and said, Call him. Call him. If I was one of Jesus' disciples, I'd be like, What? Really? You want the smelly blind guy? you got to be kidding. He's going to join our party? He doesn't fit in with polite society. He's a nuisance. He smells. Oh, okay, fine, if you want him, but he's going to have to stay downwind. Oh, all right, he's coming right up to you. Okay, you know, I wouldn't, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's up to you, but I wouldn't. And what we discover over here is that faith is open to everyone. Even those who we think won't fit in with polite society. And we also discover that it's often the people we least expect, the most unexpected people who respond with the most faith. We carry on reading in verse 49 and 50. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and he came to Jesus. I just love this scene. They say to him, okay, lucky you, up on your feet, go to Jesus. He doesn't get up slowly. Oh, no. No, no, no. He jumps to his feet. He throws away his cloak. And he comes rushing to Jesus. Now, he's still blind. He can't see. So I can just imagine this. Oh, oh, excuse me. Oh, pardon me. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Stumbling his way to Jesus. Jesus must have just loved the scene. And then we read in verse 51, Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? If I was the blind guy, I'd be like, what, really? I would be squinting behind my dark glasses and using my long white cane to punctuate my words. What do you think I want? I'm blind. Now, everyone knows this guy is blind. I mean, Jesus knows he's blind. It's not like Jesus going, Oh, oh, so that's why you were stumbling all over the place. Oh, and that's why you can't get a job and you're begging. You're blind. Jesus knows this guy is blind. So he's not asking this question in order to get information. So why does he ask the question? He's asking the question... So that this guy can declare himself. This guy can make a stand and make a decision. So that he can declare his need, declare his faith, and declare that his decision to follow a whole new life of wholeness and freedom. You see, what Jesus is saying to him, He's actually saying, do you really want this? Do you really want a whole new life of wholeness and freedom? Or do you want to continue being the victim on the side of the road begging and having everyone feel sorry for you? You see, sometimes it's a lot easier and a lot more comfortable just to stay where we are. It takes a lot of courage 
to turn your back on your old way of life and rise to a whole new way of life of following Jesus in freedom and wholeness. But that's exactly what Bartimaeus does. He rises to the challenge and he says, Rabbi, I want to see. And in saying that, he's saying, I want this. I really want this. I want this new life of wholeness and freedom. I want to see. Jesus says in verse 52, Go, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Imagine seeing for the first time and the first thing you see is the face of Jesus. The key to his healing is his faith. Not his faith in like a new agey way, just just see yourself healed and you will be healed. No, it's Jesus who has healed him. And somehow, the thing that has allowed this to happen is his faith in Jesus. The final picture of him following Jesus along the road is a picture of someone who has been completely restored. He is no longer a beggar on the side of the street. He's thrown his coat away. His very coat that he would have used to spread out on the ground to collect the money. He's no longer excluded from the temple and from the Passover celebrations. He's now following Jesus on the road to Jerusalem. But more so, the the phrase, follow Jesus, is a technical term for a follower of Jesus, for a disciple of Jesus. He's now part of the community of followers of Jesus, of the true people of God. What I find quite interesting is that he is named in the story. Jesus has healed a lot of blind guys, but they're never named. A lot of commentators believe that this is because the original readers actually knew him personally, that he continued to be a follower of Jesus. And church history claims that he continued to follow Jesus and continued to follow Jesus even after Jesus' death, resurrection and ascension into heaven. And he continued to go around telling people his story. I was blind and then I met Jesus and now I can see. I I was physically blind but now I can see. But I was also spiritually blind. And now I can see. His physical healing healing is a sign of the spiritual healing that we all need. And as such, Bartimaeus is an example for all of us. Bartimaeus was blind and broken. And we all have brokenness in our life. No one is perfect. No one is sorted. We all have issues. We all have brokenness in our life and therefore we all need Jesus. And like Bartimaeus, we are often blind. We are blind to our own brokenness. We think, well, I'm sorted. I'm fine. I don't need anyone and I definitely don't need Jesus. Or, if we are aware of our own brokenness, we become blind to the true answer. We become blind to our need of Jesus. 
We are aware of our emptiness, and so we're trying to fill it through relationships, through drink, through drugs, through consumerism, or through whatever we can, excepting going to Jesus. The true answer, the true solution. We're blind to the fact that we all need Jesus. So what is the solution? What is the solution? We need faith like Bartimaeus. We need real faith. Real faith is recognizing our need that we, are all have, we all have brokenness in our life. We all need Jesus. Secondly, it's recognizing our Savior, that Jesus is the Son of David. He is the, our Savior. We all need Jesus. Thirdly, it's taking a risk. Faith is about putting your, your confidence and your trust in Jesus and then stay, taking that step of faith. Take note that Bartimaeus first had faith and then he could see. It wasn't like he was healed and he could suddenly see and then he went, Oh, wow! Now I believe. No. He first had faith. He had only heard that Jesus was the son of David. He still couldn't see, but he believed that so much that he was prepared to shout out, throw his coat away, and rush to Jesus. That is faith. Faith precedes sight. We first have faith. He first had faith, and therefore, because of his faith, his eyes were open. And it's the same for us. We first need to have faith. And then in time, we will see. I pray and I hope that this story of Bartimaeus connects with your story. That your story would be, I was blind. And then I met Jesus. I didn't have all the answers. I didn't have all the details. I didn't have any certainty about my future or, or, uh, or about God's plans for my life. I, I didn't have all the answers. I didn't know, but I took a step of faith. I took a risk. I turned away from my, my old way of living, my old habits. I threw my old cloak away. And I stood up and I decided to follow Jesus and to follow Jesus' way of living. And now... I'm starting to see more clearly. I'm starting to see the face, face of Jesus. I pray and I hope that's your story. Because I believe that Jesus, that God is saying something very simple, asking us a simple question today. What can I do for you? How are you going to respond to Jesus. Are you going to have courage like Bartimaeus and say, Jesus, I want to see. I want to see. Let's pray. I mean, Father, we, we thank you so much for this fantastic story of Bartimaeus. We just love the way Jesus interacts with people. We, we thank you for all the humor all the real down-to-earth humor within the story. But more than that, Father, we thank you for Bartimaeus and what an example he is to all of us. 
Father, help us to be like Bartimaeus and realize that we have needs, that we have brokenness in our life, that we need Jesus. And then give us our, the faith of Bartimaeus that is prepared to throw away his old way of living, throw away his cloak, shout out amongst the crowd, Jesus, Son of David, have compassion on me. And to rush to Jesus and to say, I want to see. Yeah, I've got needs, I've got flaws, but I've got faith that I can see that you can make me see. And then, Father, we pray that by your Holy Spirit, you will reach out and touch us and open our eyes to see the truth, to see your face. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.